But what's this? What is this? The Dispatch? Tom's show? Back on air? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Where has Tom been? Where has Tom been? He's not had a show since June. Since June 2022, the last time he was on air, the summer had just started. And we're now in October. So, Tom, what do you have to say for yourself for not being on air? Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Dispatch with me, Tom Wilson, back for season two here on St. Andrew's Radio. Now, I've got some explaining to you, don't I? First off, why am I late? Well, I'm not really late. There was someone in before me, and in the past, last year, I actually didn't really have... I kind of had someone before me, but it didn't really, like... Like, they weren't always there before me, so it was a bit confusing. But why was I late today? Well, uh, I had to wait for the person to leave, and if I'm really honest, I was looking at... I was in the bathroom looking at memes. That's my that's my, that's my my admission of a guilt. I was literally looking at a very, very funny meme. Uh, that's why I was laughing at it, because I am a child at heart. So, where have I been? I Last time you heard from me on the dispatch was in June when we had Kieran Hughes on for the second time. And then I disappeared. And then in September I said, hey, the dispatch is back. But I didn't have any shows. I said it would be back Thursdays at 9pm. But I just didn't come on, come on air, did I? Well, a bit of explaining to do. So how was my summer, you ask? Or you don't ask, but I don't really care what you think or not. I went back home uh, to Muscat, so my family. Then I came back to St. Andrews, worked uh, the Open, which took away about five years of my life. And then I went back home again, uh, went to Singapore which is really, really nice. We stayed in Robertson Key. My pa- my dad had gone there for business numerous times before. And it'd been his dream for for years to take me in. My mum had been there twice before with my dad, kind of accompanying him on his business trips. And then they had a trip together for the, I want to say, honeymoon. No, maybe honeymoon. I'm not sure. No, no, it wasn't a honeymoon. It was something else. I remember they went together when I was five. Um, and my dad had his dream of taking me and my brother. Um, but... Yeah, I, I hope I really want to go to bed one day. But yeah, so it was Singapore, Robertson Key. Went to so went to many beautiful places in Singapore. Went to hawker centers. Hawker centers are kind of like these warehouses which just have stalls and stalls of street food, really cheap street food. Lovely stuff, lovely stuff. Went to Chinatown, Little India, Arab Street. Now the Arab quarters was quite ironic. Um, one of the street was called Muscat Street, which is the capital of Oman, obviously. And this mosque is called Sultan Mosque, which is, again, quite ironic because Oman, Sultan, you know, Sultan Kabu's Grand Mosque. So that was quite cool. And then in Singapore Airport, I had the symptoms of a stroke. Yes, you heard that right. I had stroke symptoms. Um, And turned out it was just ocular migraine. So, yes, I had a few tests. Uh, I have a brain. So anyone questioning me, Tom, do you actually have a brain? I do. I do. Uh, Then came back home, I had to do a few tests for a week, came back to St. Andrews, and then got absolutely overloaded with work. So, 
some of you may have heard my new show with Callum Meyer, who was on the show twice, called Let Me Talk, where we have a few guests from the St. Andrews community. It's not focused on current affairs, it's more about culture. I mean, we do have some talks, obviously, of current affairs. First show is about Scottish independence. Second one, Black History Month, and last and yesterday, uh, Wednesday's 8 p.m., by the way, we had two student musicians, RNAQ, Renak, and Prince, a.k.a. Prince, which was really, really fun show. But now I'm back. Now I'm back. I'm, I've gone ahead of some work. I really, really feel prepared. So I'm back on air, baby. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So what are we talking about this week? What has happened in the world that we need to talk about current affairs? Because yes, I know. I know the boring subject of current affairs and international relations and news that makes us all sad. But it's what I want to do for a job. So I guess I have no choice but to be here. So why is the news this week? The news this week is, number one, we have a new Prime Minister in the UK, or should I say we had two? We'll recap on that. We have Rishi Sunak as a new UK Prime Minister, and we're going to talk about what that all means, and the background behind that, and how we got to this, and the absolute mess we're all in. Secondly, we're going to talk about Kanye, sorry, Ye, as he is called now, and the very, very disappointing and infuriating anti-Semitic comments he has made. Then we'll talk about Xi Jinping cementing his power at the CCP summit, the Chinese Communist Party, and what happened with his predecessor, Chu Jintao, being let out of the in front of the cameras. Really, really interesting. Very, very important, I would say. It's a, it, we'll explain more about it, but it's a bit of an important event. As you know, I try and make these things as simple as possible because current affairs and politics are hard to understand. They don't make sense, and I want it to be as easy for everyone to understand as they can. Uh, then Zara's local Israel franchise hosted a campaign event for a far-right Israeli candidate and Zara have been under fire. Uh, and what's great, why, well, not what's not great, it's actually terrible, but why I want to talk about it is simply because now I do a Israel-Arab conflict class um, at university, which is really, really interesting, as I've entered my honours years, and with Dr. Jasmine Rani, and I thought it was quite a good tie-in to why I actually study, which I really enjoy, by the way. And then lastly, if we have time, I'll do a World Cup preview. And if we have even more time, I'll annoy the absolute hell out of you by talking about Formula One and kind of recapping the championship because that's fun for me. Also, uh, coming up, ch- changes from last year. Well, I say last year, from three months ago for season two. We're going to have more songs, more song breaks. How about that? Isn't that more fun? Except three songs, we're trying to have five songs to see if we'll do them all. But let's get started. What time is it? It's nine. It's 11 past 9 in the evening. I am in the studio. There are no lights on. Only the power of the computer is showing my light and the board and my laptop. It's quite a nice feel. I feel very, very soothing, if you may. So, uh, I'm going to play a bit of a song now, uh, you know, to get us all a bit in the mood before we talk about uh, current affairs. This first song I want to play, so I've had a few songs from this summer that I'm thinking of playing on the show. This first song I'm going to play is Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I was a baby between that and Big Love by Fleetwood Mac that I was going to play afterwards. So we're going to play Superstition by Stevie Wonder, which, fun fact, I sang at karaoke night uh, two weeks ago. And I couldn't hit some of the notes, but apparently I did okay. So, this is Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I'll see you after the break. Sorry, no current affairs for the first 10 minutes, but I just want to give a little recap of where we were at. This is Superstition by Stevie Wonder. See you in four minutes. Bye-bye. And we're back, we're back, we're back. That was Superstition by Stevie Wonder. I actually made a Stevie Wonder playlist over the summer called Stevie Wondering Why You're So Fine. You can check it out on my Spotify. Tom Wilson. Also, 
uh, I may have sent to you, and if I sent to you, you're one of the homies. So, apologies to anyone who's not got on the playlist, but if you have, you know you're one of the homies. Anyway, let's get into the main news of this week, which is that there is a new Prime Minister in the United Kingdom. Now, you've probably all heard this, you definitely know that this has happened, but what's the context, what's happened, what's the whole blah, 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 right? We had a new Prime Minister 50 days ago, why is there a new one now? What's the context? Why has there been a new Prime Minister again in the last three years? Let's get into it. So, Rishi Sunak is the new UK Prime Minister. Let's go right back to the summer. After being coming under fire for numerous controversies, I was trying to say, I was about to say conspiracies, but controversies, Boris Johnson was forced to resign as Prime Minister. He had broken COVID rules, he'd done many other things, and he was forced to resign when his own party turned against him. In the UK, that would not lead to a general election. It means that there is a leadership contest within the party that the Prime Minister is a part of because the Prime Minister is the leader of the biggest party that is in power, which at the moment is the Conservative Party or the Tories. And the leader of the opposition is the big, is the leader of the biggest of the second biggest party, sorry, which in this case is the Labour Party with Keir Starmer. And the other parties then form the other parts of Parliament. Now there was a leadership contest over the summer that went on for numerous weeks, and the two main candidates at that point were Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. And how leadership contests work, uh, I think, I don't know if this is just a Conservative Party, but uh, that's one thing I should have double-checked. Sorry about that. But I know this is for the Conservative Party, could be for others, is that the for the first few rounds, until you get to the final two candidates, MPs themselves vote. So the Conservative Party is a majority of the MPs in Parliament. They have, I think it's 357. And these MPs vote and then narrow it down to two. And these two ended up being Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak. And then it goes to the party voters themselves, which in the Conservative Party, I think was about, oh, is, you know, a couple hundred thousand people. So not the population. And it ended up that while Rishi Sunak had a majority of the members of parliament, the conservative members of parliament, Liz Truss had a majority of the party. So, Liz Truss became prime minister. Now, this has been criticised. The way that of, of electing, of choosing a new prime minister has been criticised because, well, there are, you know, 60 to 70 million people in the UK, people who also live outside the UK who are British citizens, but only a few hundred thousand get to pick. And some of them aren't even British, which, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be someone who's going to say, you must be of this because I'm not patriotic. All those who know me, you know. I mean, I call Oman my home. I don't even call UK my home. But it is seen as problematic that only a few hundred thousand people get to choose who the next leader of the country is and not the general population. So what happened then is Liz Truss became prime minister. She put in, well, first, actually, first off, she became prime minister on September 6th, met the Queen. And then two days later, the Queen died. Which I know is not breaking news to any of you. You've, you've, you all know this. But, yeah, so that was two two days in already, first crisis. Queen's dead. Uh, Charles becomes king. I went to see, actually, the, the, the procession for the coffin. Um, I don't really, I'm not, you know, I don't really care too much about monarchy, but I just went to see it because I'm a big history nerd. 
Um, and there's a very funny picture of me that went around the newspapers. Um, not just of me, but I was in the picture and I look like an absolute idiot. It's quite funny. If you want to see it, send me a text. But Queen dies. Uh, any policy ideas that Liz Truss and her cabinet had were put on hold. Then the mourning period ends, funeral, go after the funeral, and we're back on track-ish. We're back in business, I guess, ironically, because uh, her government announced a mini-budget, which raised taxes, sorry, which lowered taxes on the rich, and was seen as a big problem by a lot, not just a, a lot of people, the general population, who were against, some of them against, but a lot of people against the lowering of taxes on the rich, but also a lot of the general, a lot of economists and people with no own party and it caused the value of the british pound to drop significantly to the point where 44 days into her term Liz Truss was forced to resign she'd also fired not only had she fired her chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng for blaming him for the mini budget and then her home secretary Suella Braverman who by the way was quoted as saying that she would personally put migrants on the plane to back to, to not back to to Rwanda, uh, kind of bigging up the U- UK's controversial back to Rwanda policy. Um, so you know, not great. And in the end, she was forced to resign after 44 days in her term. So her her position being seen as untenable, people in her own party that led to a leadership contest, and people thought, "Hey, we've already just done one of these," you know. The last leadership contest was longer than Liz Truss's own term. Yes, you heard that right. So, instead, they were going to do a week-long thing, and it ended up being that there were three potential people going for the leadership of the party, so next Prime Minister, which were Rishi Sunak, again, Boris Johnson, trying to do a miraculous comeback, and Penny Mordaunt. The, they all had to get 100 MPs. They all had to reach that magic number of 100 MPs to be able to go on to the leadership contest. It was going to be by Monday, you had to have 100 MPs, and then by Friday, the party would have voted and there'd be a new prime minister. Sunak reached 100. Johnson and Warden did not. So Sunak, by Monday, there was only one standing in the race, and he became prime minister and is the first British Asian prime minister, the first non-white prime minister of the United Kingdom as he'd secured the backing of all the MPs. Now, what does this mean for the future? What does this mean for the country? What does this mean for you? What does this mean for me? What does this mean for everyone else? Well, the economy's not great. There's a big cost-of-living crisis, as you may know. And if you want to have a real-world example of the problem with the cost-of-living crisis and inflation, I'll give you the example of the Tesco meal deal. Now, this may sound like a childish thing to say, but it is a real-world example And it's one that if you do live in the UK and if you do go to St. Andrews, you will have seen firsthand and you may not know it, but it is part of the reason it is a link to inflation and the impact on your life. Not to, and this is also obviously you will have seen the cost of living crisis and and housing crisis that we've had in St. Andrews. But I'll just mention the meal deal because it's a simple example. Before, two weeks ago, a meal deal for a long time, for about 10 years I think it was, was £3 if you had a club card or £3.50 if you didn't have a club card. A meal deal, for those who don't know, is a sandwich or a wrap or some kind of pasta, like a, a main meal, a snack, which could be like a Snickers bar, crisps. Uh, I like the samosas. It's very, they're very, very nice. And then a drink. So, as I said, £3 if you had a club card, which is Tesco's membership card, or £3.50. Because of the economy and the rising cost of food and inflation and the cri- economic crisis, the prices now are £3.90 if you don't have a club card, so up on £3.50, and £3.40 if you do have a club card, which is an increase of 40p on both. 
that is a real world example of the cost of living crisis. So the so the prime, the prime minister, the new prime minister Rishi Sunak, has promised to make difficult decisions and important decisions, uh, which will mean tax cuts and austerity. I am not an economist. I quit econo- econom- in my econ class in week one of first year because I'm very bad at math. So I can't tell you necessarily, as from an economic point of view, myself, what I think is good or bad because I'm not an economist and I'm not an expert. But it's a big decision that will have to be made by the government, uh, a lot of controversial decisions and a lot of decisions which will definitely hurt people and people who are on the bottom rung of society. He has uh, criticised his predecessor, Liz Truss, uh, and her decisions and has reappointed her controversial Home Secretary, Suella Braverman, to the position. So what does this mean for the future? Well, brace yourselves, I guess. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we still have a... if you're still Prime Minister in 50 days. I think he will be. I think he will stay for quite a bit. But you know what? I also said that Russia wouldn't invade Ukraine in March. So what do I know? So that's pretty much the, the, the situation, the new Prime Minister situation. So we'll see what happens. It's... Who knows? He has had calls for a general election by a lot of the parties, by the leader of the opposition, Keir Starmer, by the by Westminster's conserv. Uh, sorry about that. By Westminster's SNP, Scottish National Party leader Ian Blackford, who have said that the prime minister does not actually have a mandate because no one really voted for him. Um, so we'll see what happens. Sunak has said there will not be a general election. And if there is one, it'll probably be in 2023. Now, why has Sunak said there will not be a general election? Because polling shows the Conservative Party are doing terribly and that they would lose any leadership election. So, they is not in the best... And if you look at it from a what well, everyone's best interest... No, sorry. From the Conservative Party's best interest is not in their best interest. However, uh, support for general election is quite strong. So that's pretty much it. That's the main story of today, which is uh, the new Prime Minister. What the hell is going on in this country? and giving you a kind of simple explanation as to what's going on. So, I'm going to play the next song now, which is Big Love by Fleetwood Mac from the album Tango in the Night. I'm a really big fan. My dad's a really big fan, and I really like this song. I hope you like it. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Ye, or Kanye West, and his really, really terrible comments. So we'll be right back. This is Big Love by Fleetwood Mac. See you in a few minutes. That was Big Love by Fleetwood Mac from the album Tango in the Night. Actually, I don't know what my favorite Fleetwood Mac album is between that and Rumors. I I think I prefer Rumors in terms of replay value, but Tango and I, I mean, I can find a big love to me. It's just so, I can't really describe it. It's like, it's got a mystical aspect to it. So it, it it's something I really do like. So yeah, that's Tango and that's Big Love but in, from the album Tango and the Night. I hope you enjoyed it. So. Moving on to more fun news, uh, yay, Kanye West, formerly known as Kanye West, has made some not very good comments, which are anti-Semitic. Not cool, not cool, yay? I'll admit myself, as you've heard from previous shows, I am a huge fan of Kanye West's music. Music, not yay, himself. Um, I used to be, back in the day, until kind of all this happened. His music to me was some of the first music that I discovered myself. Uh, as in, when I say that, I mean, obviously, I knew Kanye West was, but it's it's kind of like you know, you when you first try to listen to music, your parents tell you, "Hey, this is music." Well, you don't even tell you they play music, and you either like it or you don't like it. My family never really listened to Kanye West. It was me and 
kind of music I liked myself. So I was quite... I, I, I just loved his music and his style and the evolution. My favorite of, kind of Ye's album is Late Registration, his second album. And this news makes me personally very, not just sad, but annoyed. So, what has happened with Ye? Well, he made some comments on Instagram saying that he was going to go, quote... DEFCON 3 on the Jews. What does DEFCON 3 mean in the United States? There is a sort of warning system, which is the DEFCON system. And DEFCON, which is uh, kind of like to see how ready the U.S. is or like the alerts alert level for the U.S. in terms of armed response to uh, any combatants. So it goes from 5 to 1. DEFCON 5 means the lowest state of readiness, so it should be about normal. And DEFCON 1 is nuclear war is imminent or has already begun. That's me reading from the Wikipedia, which is which links back to the Department of Defense. So, DEFCON, so it pretty much means um, that when he uses the DEFCON system, it means that he's kind of promoting violence against the Jewish population. He has claimed a lot of black Israelite claims, um, and said quite a lot of anti- in terms of anti-Semitic things, he has blamed um, uh, saying that Jewish people are in powerful positions and that they're the, they're the reason, like they're the ones controlling everything, which is a famous anti-Semitic trope. He has blamed. He has said that Jewish that that the main that big companies are controlled by um, Jewish population by board members that are Jewish themselves. And has attacked many companies that he has uh, links with. He has gone on many interviews on many different shows and has repeated anti-Semitic tropes. So much so that he went on a podcast and the podcast will not ever be released because apparently what he, apologies, what he said was so disgraceful that they won't release it. So he's also now been dropped by numerous brands with which he has links to and that he has fashion with, most notably Adidas. Adidas dropped him yesterday. And if you wonder, wait, what's the link with Kanye West and Adidas? If you've ever heard of Yeezy and Yeezy shoes and Yeezy apparel, that's and the same thing with Gap. Gap and the Gap and Yeezy, which is Kanye's brand, have a link together. Those two um, have those two companies have dropped their links to Ye, which has made Kanye's claim today that he lost about two billion billion dollars in one day two billion that's not million that's billion that is money that most of us will never see in our lifetime money that most of us will never interpret will never have an understanding of if i tell you 20 pounds if i tell you if you're omani 10 reals if i tell you if you're american 30 dollars you know what that means even if i tell you a thousand pounds $5,000. $5,000. Even then, 10,000 pounds. You know what that means in a sense, even if 10,000 pounds is a buttload of money. It is insane amounts of money for someone like me, for someone like you who are students. Even if you're not students, that is still a lot of money. If someone said, hey, give me 10,000 pounds, $10,000, 5,000 reals right now, you would say probably no, because that's a lot, a lot of money. $2 billion in one day. Yay has also gone on to um 
help he's been with Candace Owens. If you don't know who Candace Owens is, she is a Fox News commentator who has been known to say a lot of she has a lot of conservative opinions and has said a lot of crazy well crazy, I meant to say conservative, but you know two foods the same apple aren't they um two, a lot of cons- a lot of cra- uh, conservative points and has said a lot of racist takes a lot of she is well known for uh criticizing george floyd's fa- george floyd's family uh Ye even said in an interview that george floyd didn't even die from being uh from asphyxiation which is a famous conservative trope so yay in a lot of trouble He's also been dropped by Balenciaga and Vogue, and Vogue editor Anna Wintour has gone on to criticize him quite a lot. This seems to link back to his divorce to Kim Kardashian, and it's a complete mess. And the question is, how does he come back from that? Another thing linked to Candace Owens is that Candace Owens' husband, the CEO of conservative social media brand Parler, Ye has bought Parler. He is the owner of the conservative social media parlor which has um was linked also to uh, a lot of people planned the january 6th interaction insurrection on the capitol in 2021 on parlor uh, same thing as uh, it is a rival of truth social donald trump's own social media platform this is not only disturbing because of the fact he said a lot of anti-semitic things and a lot of disgraceful things it's also disturbing for seeing someone with so much influence as him, who people have looked up to for years. I know I looked up to him in terms of his artistry, in terms of coming, uh, hit the beginnings he started off from, the fact that he was such a revolutionary icon in hip-hop. He was not gangster music, as much as I do love gangster music personally. He was not gangster music. His mother was a university professor. He was the kid of a backpack and a polo shirt, and he has gone on to say such disgraceful things. It is disappointing to see. And how is he going to come back from that? That is the question. And, well, guess we'll find out, won't we? Uh, I personally will be playing any Kanye songs on the show for a while. As much as I am debating myself, how do you separate the artist from the art? I still think that I'm still probably going to play Kanye songs to myself, but I'm not going to be playing them on the show. So it's a debate I had my friend Jasmine. How do you separate the arts from the art? I think there is some separation that can be made, but even then, that's a difficult question to have. So that was the yay situation and the anti-Semitic takes he has make, made. We're now moving on to our next song, which is Balance Ton Quoi by Angèle, who is a Belgian singer from Brussels. I have heard some of her music in the past, but didn't realize it was her. Kind of got into it. Really like it. So this is Balance Ton Quoi by Angèle. We'll see you in a little bit, and we'll talk about... You know what? Do we talk about G or do we talk about Zara? Or do we talk about the World Cup? We're going to talk about G for a bit, and I'm going to talk about the World Cup, and I'm going to talk about Formula One. Oh, actually, you know what we're also going to talk about? We're also going to talk about me going to see, Con- see Kendrick. See you in a little bit, guys. This is Balance Ton Quoi by Angèle. See you in a bit. That was Balance Ton Quoi by Belgian singer Angèle. Hope you liked it. Hope you enjoyed it. Now, 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 now. I do want to talk about uh, Xi cementing his power at the CCP conference. But uh, we've had quite a lot of like news today. So, you know, what, you know what, I'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll talk about the World Cup, and then we'll talk about Formula 1. How about that? How does that sound? You can't do anything about it, because you're not in the studio. Ah, oh, too bad. Okay, so, what's happened to Xi? 
So Xi, the Chinese president, general secretary of the Communist Party, supreme leader of China. That is not even a joke. That is his title. He has got, was, has, quote, won an unprecedented third term. This is not a shock. He has been cementing his power for a while. Xi is the most powerful leader of China since Mao Zedong. So, what does this mean? Well, he is now SSG president for life. He is 69 years old. Who knows how long you'll live for? But let's say, for example, if he dies the same age as my great-grandmother this summer, rest in peace, Mimon, um, she was 99, he would be president of China for another 30 years. What does it also mean that he is the most powerful leader, leader since Mao Zedong? Well, Mao Zedong is the father of, Ch- of modern China, of the, uh, sorry, of the People's Republic of China, modern China. He is the one, he has a mausoleum, he has his picture everywhere, I've been to Beijing twice, you see pictures of Mao Zedong everywhere. What does this mean? Again, well, he's powerful. He, he's going to be there for a while. Uh, there's been the the last, the most, the second most powerful one, probably a third. Sorry, third most powerful after them, probably the Deng Xiaoping. But even then, the power that Xi has has gotten is so much. It's incredible. What has also happened? I mentioned about Hu Jintao at the conference. Well, Xi's predecessor was led away. In front of the cameras by authorities, which, as the BBC reported, the it is a very scripted event. The conferences, it's not really a whole, you know, it's all pre-planned and everything's meant to go according to script. But this clearly did not look scripted. He, the, the Chinese media said that he was feeling ill, but he clearly did not want to leave. Then looked very ill. He looked frail, but not necessarily ill. But he was led away by authorities. He was sitting next to Xi but was led away. We don't know why. We're trying to understand what's happened. Well, where? I'm not... I want to be a journalist, but I'm not one yet. The journalists are trying to understand what's happened, and we'll find out soon. And if you have any update, I'll let you know. But it was very, very weird. You can find videos of it on most social media, obviously. But it was quite weird. It's imagine if... Um, how do I explain this? Uh, I'm trying to think of it, because I want to say Donald Trump and stuff, but that's a bit more... I would go... Okay, imagine uh, Obama was making a speech 10 years ago and his predecessor, George Bush, was next to him and then suddenly the authorities led away George Bush. That'd look weird. You know what I mean? It, 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 would, it would look just a bit weird. So that's that's the question and what's gone on, what's happened to Gentile. We've had no updates. Said Panny was ill. We don't know. But that's the uh, situation in China with Hu Jintao. So... What's next? Well, what's next is the World Cup preview, baby! World Cup in Qatar. By the way, the dispatch condemns uh, the World Cup being in Qatar and Qatar's appalling human rights record. Um, as someone who grew up in Oman, um, listen, I, 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 and the World Cup should not be in Qatar. Uh, apologies to any of my Qatari friends. Uh, you know, big love to you guys, but can't be having a World Cup there. Sorry. And sorry that annoys anyone. Sorry if that if you send me a message saying I've got to take it out of my show, like we had last time. But you know, uh, it's not necessarily a great place to have a World Cup. It doesn't have a great human rights record. Anyway, enough about the politics. Let's talk about the sport because we can't do anything. The World Cup's going to happen there anyway, as much as we do condemn it. So who does who are the favourites? The favourites are obviously the big countries. They are France, England, Germany, not Italy. They didn't qualify. Italy did not qualify. Argentina, Brazil, they have qualified. They're looking quite strong. Brazil's looking particularly strong, if I'm honest. And you know what should be, in terms of football, should be a 
good, good tournament. Should be quite big. I'm, I'm, I think it'd be some quite good games. When there's been quite a few good groups, actually, there's one group with Belgium, Croatia, Canada, and Morocco. Why is that important? Because it's a group with two of my friends. Uh, our country, uh, three of us, our countries are in the group. Myself and Belgium. Oman didn't qualify, so I'm supporting Belgium, which is my mum's country. Uh, my friend Tyler has Canada, and my friend Enyo is Croatia. So this is quite a big group for us. We're obviously kind of like going to be watching the games together, getting quite heated. It's going to be really fun. But what's my favorite group? My favorite group is Group B. Why is Group B my favorite? Well, listen here. It's got England, Wales, already, you know, obviously a, a local rivalry, quite big. The United States. So England, United States, obviously quite a big, you know, quite a big of a banter. Uh, it's, you know, it's quite a banter group if you want to call it that that you know ha, banter lads yeah football whatever but that's quite a, a fun a fun game to have and iran oh i want to see usa iran for me that's like i'm not working that day this is going to be an incredible day for me because i want to see the chaos that ensues from that but it won't be chaos obviously the players don't really want to you know uninvolve politics and we want to see a clean game but uh from someone who is a bit of an eye on i want to see that that should be a really fun group um hoping to see some really good games a good time you know uh the good the one good thing about being hosted in the middle east i'll be honest as someone who has lived there the times will be good for people but for most people it won't be too bad for times and who am i supporting i am supporting belgium uh is my grandma's country my mum's country um i obviously support england lowicks and my dad but i've fallen out of love with the english football team the last few years um who do i think is going to win i'm going to make a prediction right now Right now, prediction. I'm going to say Brazil's going to win. I know. It's a bit... Plenty of people say no. They're not, they've not been good enough. I think they've got this. They won a Copa America last year. So I think Brazil's got this. Anthony Neymar. Fred. You know, wants to, listen. I'm a Man United fan. I've got to support Fred. Man with most British name. Playing for Brazil. Hope he does really well. So I'm going to play a Nick song now, which is It's Only Natural by Crowded House. Played a lot of Crowded House with my dad in the Highlands. It was a really good trip. Some I forgot to mention. I went to the Highlands. It was a really fun trip. So I'll play that now, and then we'll do a bit of an F1 recap because we have to. Sorry, it's been months, guys. I have to do an F1 recap. Come on, guys. It's been months. All right. So we're natural back around the house. See you in a bit. And we're back. That was It's Only Natural by Crowded House. Love that band. How long do we have left? It's 9.53. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, very quick, the, um, the Formula One recap. So, how did the season go on? Well, very bad for me. Max Verstappen won the championship, his second world championship, or first, depending who you ask, because was his first one actually, you know, how do you say it? Legal in the rules? Not to me, but you know what? You know what? You know what? You know, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Second world championship for Verstappen. Um, uh, absolutely dominated the season. The Red Bull car has been absolutely insane. His main, content- his main championship contender was Charles Leclerc of Ferrari. They started off really well, Ferrari did, but kind of really dropped the ball. Really dropped the ball um, in the second half of the season. Um, so, actually, for actually most of the season. So, really, Verstappen walked away with the championship. Uh, Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton uh, and George Russell did not necessarily have the good best car to compete with, um, but they sort of made up back in the end the mexican grand prix is this weekend mercedes can technically get second place in the championship and that's pretty much the recap uh the season's not over but it's been quite depressing for me now before i sign off before i sign off for the night um i do want to say a few things myself Things I'm saying out air on air in public because i don't know man i don't necessarily want to talk to everyone at once, and this is more of a message to people I'm friends with, and I guess my audience, but not necessarily my audience generally, 
This is more of a personal message for me as Tom. These last few months, well, actually these last few weeks really, have been really tough for me. And only in these last two weeks or so I've been feeling much better about myself. I guess this is a way on air of saying that if you feel that you have problems with your mental health, don't bottle it. Talk to people. Talk to professionals if you need to. Talk to your friends. And I really want to give a shout to... I know this is a bit too, too, maybe a bit too much information, not the most precious thing to say, but I think it's a good explanation for everyone. To people have been asking me, a few of my really close friends know, but I guess now I feel more comfortable talking about it to a lot of people and to a bigger audience. So I guess this is my announcement for it. I want to give a big shout out to my friends. Um, I don't know if they really want to be name-dropped, but they know who they are. They've been on the show before, some of them. And without them, I don't know where I'd be. And I don't know if I'd still be in uni. So big shout to all of them for being fantastic. And if you need ever need if you ever feel down, remember there's always people out there for you. So that was it. That was the uh, bit of a low note, but I just thought I should announce it. Um, I do feel uh, a bit better myself. I do feel much, but be- I do feel much better. Um, but I had the support I need. I just think I've seen some people at uni drop out because of it, and it's not something you know. You, you, if you need, if you need help, go get it, man. You know. So that was the dispatch this week. We are back. We are back every week, baby. Every week. But also, Wednesdays, 8 p.m., let me talk with Callum. I won't be there next week because I'm watching Kendrick Lamar in Glasgow. I'm seeing Kendrick. Yes, this is my really big thing. So Callum will be on his own next week, but I'll be back to help him. So that'll be pretty much, that's pretty much it for me this week. More news next week. Love you all. Have a great night. This is Psychedelic Views by Sad Night Dynamite featuring IDK. Much love, everyone. Have a great night. Peace.